Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Sharon Jacobisi, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Los Angeles. She works in areas near downtown LA, and she works with a wide variety of clients, but she somewhat specializes in teaching presentation and speaking skills, and she offers uh, workshops in 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 those areas and we're going to talk today about how the Alexander technique can be useful for anyone who wants to develop their ability to be comfortable and effective while giving presentations of any kind. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much Robert. I'm happy to be here. Sharon, it's a pleasure having you here today and I wonder if you could begin by giving our listeners who may not know about the Alexander Technique a very short description of it. Certainly. The Alexander Technique gives people the skill to be highly aware of how they move and use their body. It also teaches them how to quiet and calm their nervous system. And it also teaches them how to release unnecessary and harmful tension so they're upright, open, dynamic, and they can think clearly as they interact with the world. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that those people who have heard of the Alexander Technique typically associate it with uh, alleviating uh, stress-related conditions like back pain or shoulder pain or helping performers like musicians and dancers and so on uh, perform more effectively. Uh, I, my guess is that it's a little less well-known for the area that you specialize in. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, that's definitely true. In the communities that I've spoken to that either work with speakers or they are speakers, most people are very interested in what they say, in their words, and they're less aware of what they're saying with their body and what they're saying with their facial expression and their tone of voice. And I believe there is uh, credible research that suggests that those nonverbal aspects are at least as important, perhaps more important in terms of making an effective impression on your audience, whether you're speaking to a large audience or being perhaps interviewed for a job or interacting with people in a, that you don't know in a social setting. Yes, definitely. Um, I, unfortunately, I can't give the source of the information because I can't remember it at the moment. But I've even heard it's only 7% of the words that your audience is picking up on. And 93% of the communication they're picking up on is nonverbal, which means body language, gestures, facial expression, tone of voice, and um, their, their, their face as well. Mm-hmm. What they're doing with their eyes, their lips, and the tension in their body. Well, let's let's start with something like public speaking. Uh, I, I have um, uh, heard that that activity is the most 
people are the most afraid of that of anything over death <laughs> yeah more than dying is getting up in front of a large audience and i can relate to that because it used to terrify me mm-hmm. i think i'm pretty pretty okay with it now but um but i think for most people that is a really scary thing because you have hundreds of pairs of eyes on you yeah. you are it you're the center of attention and any little flub you make might seem to you to be a disaster and mm-hmm. just all sorts of things like that so if someone comes to you with those kind of issues how do you work with them and how do, how does the alexander technique help them mm-hmm. well awareness is number 1 i had a client that i that started working with in april and she was deathly afraid of even walking across a room in front of people. Mm-hmm. It made her so uncomfortable. And then if she had to speak to a group of people, she's in business and she does networking. If she had to speak to a group of people, she literally would choke herself with tension in her neck, her shoulders, and her throat. So in the beginning of our sessions together, it was awareness, teaching her to recognize what she was doing with her body that was evoking this fear response. She felt fearful and scared in front of people, but when she started to notice that she was tightening her throat, thrusting her head forward, pulling her shoulders up, and tightening her belly muscles, she recognized, of course I'm going to feel afraid. I can't breathe here. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what is often missing. That is, you say, someone will will, certainly know that they're terrified. Mm -hmm. And um, at least from my experience, that's kind of where my my attention would go, would go to my terror. But it wouldn't necessarily go to the actual physical action I was inadvertently taking that brought about that terror. And I think that's a huge strength of the Alexander Technique. It's very, very grounded in physical reality, observable Mm -hmm. and and changeable physical reality. Yeah. When that particular client recognized what she was doing with her body, then I started to teach her the skills of what we call an Alexander Tech inhibition, which is stopping, Mm -hmm. leaving yourself alone. And then teaching her about whispered ahs. So whispered ahs are letting breath out of your mouth. It's a very gentle vocal activity. And those two simple tools, just to leave herself alone and let breath out, allowed her to release the tension in her throat. It also allowed her to let her shoulders release out into width. She returned her to her full height with a long spine And then her emotional state changed as she moved out of that physical state of tension and fear. Yeah, and I think it's important that point that the the emotional state is not something that it's particularly easy to directly change, but you can change it, as Alexander teachers like to say, indirectly by going after those more observable and more changeable physical 
uh, manifestations. Now, I'm, I assume that with, with a student like that, you initially would work with her in, in fairly non-threatening situations, right? Definitely, just one-on-one. One-on-one and doing mm-hmm. simple everyday activities or Alexander yes. procedures of some kind. Yep. So Definitely. at some point, um, I assume that there's got to be um, a way of tr- of translating those skills into the real deal up in front of a group. How do you work with people with that? Mm-hmm. Well, first, before working with someone in front of a group, I actually have them practice just with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a brand new client, a brand new student today who's actually going on job interviews. And as soon as I said, okay, this is a job interview right now, just tell me a few things about yourself. And already, even though it's not a job interview, it's an Alexander Technique lesson, mm-hmm. just in that imaginary situation, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. own, what we would call fight, flight, or freeze response started to happen. He started, um, you know, compressing his ribcage, slouching a little bit because he was getting nervous and he noticed that he was holding his breath mm-hmm. in an imaginary pretend situation. It wasn't even the real interview. Right. And his body was already reacting. And I assume you got him to notice that and that gives him mm-hmm. something to work on. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And, and uh, you mentioned uh, interviewing, which of course... I mean, there's a lot of pressure there, especially if in in our present economy. Um, and it's it, it's uh, ju- I'll just I just like to jump in with an example from another student of another teacher who who I interviewed. The student I interviewed several months ago. She she's uh, works doing um, sort of very short video commercial things in in the L.A. area also. And the way she described the selection process, you have exactly, um, I believe it was 60 seconds to mm. make your pitch, to, mm. to do your little thing. And everything hinges on that. Mm-hmm. And, she f- and she, of course, would get nervous. And she found that the, the Alexander works that she had um, enabled her to feel more comfortable. And she ended up getting a lot more jobs. Wow. Yeah. So, that makes sense. I mean, talk about stress, you know, in a regular interview, you can Mm -hmm. backtrack and correct yourself. But this was like a huge, and there'd be like 30 people waiting behind her, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So you can imagine the the pressure there. Now, you know, another area that we haven't talked about too much um, would be uh, people who are a little uncomfortable in in groups of strangers, say at a party or some sort of gathering where you don't know many of the people, you may not know anyone there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know for me, again, that that triggers some anxiety. What am I going to talk about? How quickly can I get out of here and not, yeah. <laughs> and not attract just... too much mm-hmm. attention? Um, mm-hmm. what, what would you say about that kind of situation and how the technique could be useful? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, it gives people the skill to recognize what they're doing physically that exacerbates that discomfort. 
So if you walk into a social situation and you feel uncomfortable and you drop your head down and you clench your jaw and you pull your shoulders up and compress your rib cage, you're going to feel more uncomfortable. And then even the, the thoughts that come along with that position in the body are more desperate thoughts like, oh my God, how am I going to get, how am I gonna get out of here? Mm-hmm. So helping people recognize that they do that with their bodies when they feel uncomfortable and then giving them the skills to release back up to their full height, to release the shoulders and chest so they're wide again. Uh, and I, I teach all of my students with the whispered Oz because then that encourages the mobility of the diaphragm and the rib cage. Then the thinking, the emotional state and the thinking changes. Mm-hmm. And we had... should say maybe just to clarify for our listeners, whispered mm-hmm. ah is a kind of an Alexander technique teaching procedure yes. that um, I don't think we want to describe it precisely, but it has to do with breathing. And I would say, it has to do, among other things, with um, increasing the chances that the air is out of your system before you start sucking, trying to suck new air in, which um, is certainly a temptation, that kind of gasping for breath, uh, sort of almost feeling that you're choking, can, can be a, a pretty strong, uh, pretty common symptom of fear right and and Mm -hmm. people's voices start to crack and and they just generally are not speaking well and not breathing well so you're saying that's a pretty important thing to work on maybe initially in a very stress-free situation maybe even lying on a table right relying on a massage table or Mm -hmm. uh, for in in an alexander lesson when Mm -hmm. i'm curious when when you run workshops on this general topic are are there going to be people who have already had private lessons with you or would they be open to anybody they're really open to anybody um i have actually i have people come to the workshops and then from the workshops they they discover oh i need this i want to work with you privately right and and I'm assuming that when you have a workshop like that, you go through a lot of trouble to make sure people are comfortable, right, with with the group. Um, well, or, or you I do your them, best to ensure that. I I actually really raise the awareness of the group so that they're they're going to be uncomfortable no matter what because they're going to be they're oh public speaking and oh, I'm with a group of people I don't know. And so my job as an Alexander Technique teacher in a workshop setting is is to help people recognize what they're doing with their body and their breath that's exacerbating that discomfort. Mm -hmm. So there's some advantage. There is some advantage then of having people in a slightly more stressful situation than they would be if they came for a private lesson. Yes, that you can then, work with that, the effects of that stress or the causes of that stress. Right, the and then they can causes. see it. They can recognize it, and they can also see it in the other people. Exactly, yeah, with the group. That's And when they can see it in other people, say, oh, I'm doing that too. And then where the huge ahas happen is 
in giving just a little bit of hands-on guidance so that someone that's in front of the group starts to release the fight-or-flight response in their neck and their shoulders, and they return to their full height, and their rib cage has the space to move with their breath. Everyone in the group goes, oh, wow, you look amazing. Right, yeah, that is one of the great powers of, of group teaching, yeah. Sharon, is there anything that we have not talked about that that you'd like to bring up before we come to an end? Well, you know, we, we had touched upon, um, you know, being in social situations. And, you know, I would also like to, to add that these same tools in, in public speaking, not only do they help people have a more powerful and resonant voice. That's one thing that we haven't touched upon is the mm-hmm. voice quality changes mm-hmm. and, and is, is it more engaging and more pleasant to listen to. And then when you bring that pleasant, resonant vocal quality and a more powerful dynamic use of the body into romantic situations, into dating, you know, in some ways. There's a presentation issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When someone is more aware of their body and they're able to release that that fight-or-flight response in that social situation that they get to enjoy themselves more and really show up better to even a romantic or dating situation or, you know, meeting new people or public speaking. So it's you know, being in a social situation is public speaking, is presentation skills at work, and is even in, you know, a more romantic situation. Well, I mean, if you think about it, pretty much everything we do, unless we're sitting at home in our pajamas on the web, um, <laughs> is uh, we're, we're interacting with people. Yeah. And we are presenting ourselves to people. We may not think of it that way, but um someone sees us and they form an impression of us and and as uh someone famously said when you, whenever you meet a new person you do, you don't get a second chance to make that first impression yeah and i would say the alexander having some skill in using alexander principles even if it's just in the background, even if you're not consciously deploying that skill, as it were, is likely to make your initial contact a more effective one. So, well, I think this could be a good point for us to bring the interview to an end. Right. Um, my, My guest today has been Sharon Jacobisi, an Alexander Technique teacher in Los Angeles. She teaches in areas near downtown L.A. She also offers workshops for people who want to enhance their presentation skills. We'll put a link to her website by the interview. And if anything that we've talked about intrigues you and you want to follow up, contact Sharon through her site. And if you live anywhere, if you happen not to live in L.A., it's kind of inconceivable, I guess, but if you don't, if you live somewhere else in the world, uh, we'll put a link to a site that will help you find a teacher anywhere else in the world and will also give you a great deal more information about the Alexander Technique. Sharon, thanks so much for being on the show today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate the opportunity.